morning. I'm glad I know what those young folks are singing about. I appreciate the song that Linda sang, and I appreciate the songs that the young people sang. Well, I tell you what, I've missed those young people. I love them, and uh, I've missed seeing them and being with them, missed hearing them sing, and I know it took a lot of extra effort on their part, and the folks putting this thing together took a lot of extra effort on their part, getting all those young people together. But I'm telling you, it's blessed me. I, I appreciate your efforts. I know it's blessed me, and I'd say it's blessed many this morning. I, I'd say there's a multitude that's been really uplifted. If that's all we had this morning, uh, we'd be happy to say we'd been together and we'd worship the Lord. I want you to really pray this morning. Uh, this is uh, Palm Sunday, and that's what's on my heart. I have a subject that I'd like to use today, Palms of Victory. I want you to really pray. Uh, most of my time today, I'm going to be in the 21st chapter of Matthew, if you want to go there. But I want to read a verse of Scripture first, back in the book of Zechariah. Uh, this is prophesying about what happened over there in the book of Matthew. It even mentions it in Matthew, but I, I feel like reading Zechariah 9 and 9. And uh, if you have a, a moment to turn in your Scripture, and I, I really want you to pray. I've really got a burden this morning, and uh, I'm excited. I'm nervous, I'm happy, I'm blessed, uh, but really pray. I need your prayers. I can feel people praying. It's just so amazing to feel so much power of prayer without the people being physically close to you. But that's the power of God. I'm glad God's able to do that. So here in the book of Zechariah, the old prophet, uh, verse 9, chapter 9, says this. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon the colt of the foal of an ass. And so we look over into the book of Matthew. We go to chapter 21 of the book of Matthew. Starts out there, verse 1 says, and when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethphage and to the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus uh, two disciples. Now, we're going to start out there. When he got down there, Jesus told those two disciples, he said, I want you to go. He said, you can find some people that has uh, a donkey uh, and the foal of a donkey. Uh, he said, I want you to get them for me. And he said, we need them. And he said to the disciples, said, if the owners say to you, what are you doing? You know, that'd be kind of strange somebody just walk up and start taking your uh, beasts of burdens, your animals away from you. He said, if they ask you what you're doing, well, I like this. Get this, folks. Just tell them the master has need of them. And that's what, that's what happened. That's what the disciples did. They went and the men asked them. They said, the master needs them. I said, okay. Put it in my words. Okay, go ahead. You can have them. Take them. Well, now, it's interesting. Uh, Matthew gives a little bit more details on this than the, uh, the other Gospels, and I've never noticed some of these things until uh, just last night and today when I was studying this. Boy, it stirred my heart. Listen to what it says here, uh, down in verse 2. Uh, he said, and when he told them to go down into the village and uh, uh, said, all this is done, and the Bible said that uh, Jesus, I won't read this, but said Jesus sat upon uh, the ass and the foal of an ass. He sat on both of them. Said the disciples got him. And he put, they put their clothes on them, and Jesus sat on them. And uh, so uh, down here, 
these uh, things that the scripture tells us here, it's just kind of amazing. Now, over in the book of John and in the book of Luke, it just tells about uh, the foal of an ass, but uh, not, uh, not the, the, the adult donkey. It just tells us about the one. Now, when I got to reading this, and of course that doesn't contradict uh, some scriptures, just tells more details than others, but I want you to get this with me. Boy, it's blessed my heart. I thought, well, now, why would Jesus sit on uh, the older animal and the younger animal? I'm going to tell you what, he took them both down the same road. And I'm telling you what God showed me this morning uh, after I'd eaten breakfast and sitting at the table there and studying and praying. And I said, God, why did he take both of them? And God spoke to him and he said, "Uh, son, he said he took the Old Testament church and he took the New Testament church and they both went down the Mount of Olives with him and he took them to the cross. Praise God, he, he took them to the cross. He took that law age church and that grace church. He took them both to the cross because they needed what was going to happen at the cross. Uh, Jesus died on that old cross and he rose from the dead and he's alive. So he took both those animals. They put their clothes on both of them and he sat on both of them. Well, listen, when he went down through there and that scripture talks about this and uh, verse 7 uh, mentioned what I've just been telling you. Down here in verse 8, said there was a great multitude that spread their garments uh, in the way, and others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And listen, uh, it says over in the book of John, it said those branches was the branches of palm trees. Boy, palms are a great uh, expression of victory and a great expression of peace. And so when Jesus was coming down the Mount of Olives with his disciples uh, riding those uh, two colts, and, and the people came out there and they put their clothes out in front of him and they put the branches of the palm trees out in front of him. You know, back in the Old Testament, it tells about King Jehu. They did him that way when they were uh, inaugurating him as a king. This is appropriate because uh, Jesus is the king. Listen what the people said down here. When the multitudes came, verse 9, the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Uh, Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Now, Hosanna in the highest. And back there in uh, Zechariah where I read it was talking about the king that come with salvation. This is him. This is the man that come with salvation. And uh, he didn't say he was going to be a king later on. Said he's already king. Even back in uh, in the old scripture, it talks about him being the king. And so, boy, he come riding down through here. And I, I want to give you a kind of a puzzling thought here a little bit. I thought of this. And this multitude, it was praising him. And he deserved to be praised. He was the king. And he is the king. And he's my king. And he's the salvation for us all. And so they put these uh, palm branches down. And they were going down through there and crying out to him, recognizing him as a king, saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. But listen, just a few days later, in a very similar territory to this, the people were crying a different cry. They were crying, crucify him, crucify him. You think about that. Uh, just a few days before, crying Hosanna to the king. Then a few days later, crying, crucify him, crucify him. Uh, Now go with me. I want to talk some more about uh, those palm branches and those uh, palm trees. Back in the 92nd Psalm in the 18th verse, it said, The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. Boy, God compares his children to a palm tree or compares a palm tree to his children. Let me talk about a little bit of the reasons why. The palm trees a lot of times grows up in a desert country. Uh, they have a rough time in a way, and not, not much rain there. But God fixed the palm trees so they can survive. They've got deep roots, and 
A lot of times they tell me if you're going through a desert and you see a little group of palm trees, it's a good place to go because a lot of times there's an oasis there. There's water where the palm trees are. And I'm glad that God's like that. He's got water for his children. He's got the Holy Spirit for his children. And let's go back into the uh, the book of Leviticus. In the 23rd chapter of the book of Leviticus. Now, that's what I call the feast chapter. And I believe, if I recollect correctly, uh, I believe there are seven feasts that are listed in the, the book of Leviticus. And three of those feasts recur every year. Now, the last feast of the year, if I'm recalling right, uh, is the Feast of Tabernacles. Well, when uh, they had harvested their crops, when they'd gotten their crops in and, and God had blessed them and they'd gotten their wheat in or their corn in or whatever it was that they'd grown in their fields, God said, I want you to have a feast and I want you to recognize what I've blessed you with. And so it was a seven-day feast. Started uh, with a Sabbath day and ended with a Sabbath day. But here's what they did. God said, take the boughs of goodly trees and take the branches of the palm trees and build a little booth like a little hut. Uh, they were to leave their main residence and they would go out and build a little hut to dwell in seven days. You know why I think God did that? To remind them of the children of Israel that come out of, of Israel, out of Egypt. The children of Israel came out of Egypt and when they were going through the wilderness and things were tough and uh, they dwelled in, in tents and they dwelled in little booths when they could. Boy, I'm telling you, pray. I need to preach and I want to get where the preaching's really at. I want to preach powerful this morning. They dwell in those uh, little huts and those palm branches around them. Boy, I'm telling you what, uh, God's able to take care of his people and he's able to help his people. Now listen, uh, these palm branches represents victory. Think about this. Even when the children of Israel seemed to be impoverished and they seemed to be in hard times, when they had Jesus, they still had the victory. When they come out of Egypt, uh, they uh, felt like that uh, they'd left a place of safety. Uh, you know, when they were down there uh, to the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army was coming behind them, some of them got scared and they got alarmed. And they told Moses, why'd you bring us out here to die? We could have stayed back there in Egypt. But praise God, God opened up a way through the Red Sea and the Children of Israel went on their way, and finally they come to the promised land. Boy, I praise God today. God's bringing us to the promised land. Got some more things about that palm tree that I want to talk to you about. I want to come up uh, in the book of First Kings, I believe it is, where that uh, Solomon was building the temple for the Lord. Uh, God blessed him. You know, David wanted to build the temple, but things just didn't work out right, and God wouldn't let David build the temple. But he did let David do something important. He said, you can't build a temple, but you can collect some material for it. You know, I don't know what my children and my grandchildren are going to face or what they need. And some things I can't do for them. And church, we might, some of us are getting old. There's some things that we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, we never expected the coronavirus to come. Uh, if you'd have mentioned what is going on now, if you'd talked to me about that a year ago, I'd said, well, I don't think that'll ever happen. But I don't know. See, God knows and praise God. He's able to take care of it. But God told David, said, you can get some material together. I'm not going to let you build my temple. But I'm going to let your son, I'm going to let him build it. And so when Solomon became king, after David had passed on, and God blessed Solomon to build the temple, boy, this blessed my heart. Hope I can get uh, where I was studying it when I'm trying to preach on it. When he was building the temple. The Bible talks about uh, they made the walls of the temple 
And they'd overlaid it with gold inside and outside. And they had carvings on the inside and outside of the walls of that temple. I'm telling you what, here's what the carvings was. You probably read it and know it, or maybe you've even guessed it and me talking about it. On the outside and the inside of the wall, there was carvings of palm trees with open flowers and carvings of cherubims. Now, you Bible readers note cherubims as angels of mercy, and those palm trees represent the righteous children of God. Why were the flowers open? Because they were blooming. You can have your place among God's palm trees, uh, palms of victory, crowns of glory. Praise God, we've got victory in our soul. Now, let me point out some things. You can see these palm trees on the inside of the building. I'm glad of that. There's palm trees on the inside of God's church. That's where we dwell. Well, why did they have the carvings on the outside? So that the folks passing by when they were going down the road uh, could see uh, the emblem of God's children. Uh, they could see those angels of mercy, the cherubims, and they could see the palm trees, God's children. And you know, those things work together when God's children are moving just right and they're on fire for God uh, like our young people was this morning, like Linda sang this morning. I'm telling you what, when God's children are on fire for God, uh, there's something about it. Uh, we're entwined with those uh, cherubims, those angels of mercy. God moves through the grand old church. <clears throat> and let me go on now. Another point here about this temple that Solomon was building. Boy, I like this part. I like it all, but it seems like it just gets sweeter the farther it goes. I'm telling you what. Uh, Solomon, uh, God told Solomon put some doors on that building. And he said when you put the doors on that building, overlay them with gold. He said overlay the doors with gold and uh, you might have guessed it. He said, and I want you to put some carvings on those doors. He said, uh, put those carvings on there of the cherubims and the palm trees with the open flowers. Well, you know, uh, Jesus is the door uh, to the sheepfold. But it takes uh, God's children moving in power to show that to the world. When you walk up out of that temple and you could see those palm trees and those cherubims and you could see the palm trees with the open flowers. Oh, boy, if you pondered on that and if God lets you see it, this is the way in. I'm glad when I was just a little boy and I mention this a lot. Boy, we appreciate this fine building we got here God's gives us. Thank the Lord for the people that comes here and what they mean and how dedicated they are. But I'm glad that a generation ago, when I was just a little boy, Doug, huh, going to a little white block building over on Albert Street, I'm glad there were some uh, palm trees that stood uh, the test of time and they showed me the way in the door into the temple. Let me go back and get another point about the palm trees out in the desert. I've preached this before. You might remember it, but I need to preach it again. Those palm trees were so resilient. When the sandstorms and the, the, the troubles would come through and the winds would blow real hard, sometimes uh, those palm trees uh, bow way over. They get their head down against the ground. Folks, this might seem like a troubled time. We need to bow over and we need to get our heads down and our hearts lifted up towards heaven. We need to call on the Father. Uh, but listen, someday the storm will be over. And the palm trees, God made them so, the flexibility in the palm tree, God made them so that when the storm was over, they raised back up and they could stand in the sunshine again. I want to preach something else. I read just a natural thing, but it makes a spiritual point. I was studying on the palm trees a long time ago. It touched my heart. 
uh, the fabric uh, of the material that the leaves are made out of on the palm branches. Uh, they are so smooth and so slick. God's made them. Uh, dirt can't stay on them if they shake a little bit. So, so here's the point. When the storms of life come through and the sand and the dirt got on those leaves and the tree stood back up in the sunshine and they were dirty. You know what happened? God sent a breeze to come through. God let the wind blow and the dirt fell off of the leaves. Sometimes in the storms of life, I've recognized where I was dirty. But if I'd humble my heart and talk to God, God would shake me. He'd move me with the power of his Holy Spirit. And I praise God, uh, he'd clean me up. Uh, I could get the dirt off of me again. Boy, I'm glad I've got a God like that. And so I praise God. Think about uh, these illustrations of the palm trees. Uh, let me go back over it just a little bit, and then I'm going to go to the book of Revelations here pretty soon. I want you to realize with me, and I'm going to go, when I go, I'm going to the seventh chapter of Revelation. But realize with me, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. Realize when they dwelt in those booths, when they were celebrating the Feast of the Tabernacles, that was also called the Harvest Feast. It was, all, it was called the Harvest uh, uh, Feast. It was called uh, many things called the Feast of the Booths. I'm telling you what, uh, God had the palm trees in all of that. And when the, uh, when the temple was built, those palm trees were engraved in there. That meant something. That wasn't just done just uh, to be decorative. It had a story in it. It had something to tell. Well, I'm telling you what, God has a story to tell us. And if we'll listen to it and if we'll believe it by faith, I'm telling you what we'll have. We'll have peace in our soul. We'll have eternal life. Over here now in the seventh chapter of the book of Revelations, starts out in the first eight verses, uh, talks about the 12 tribes of Israel. It was still 12,000. That makes 144,000. Then after that, it talks about an innumerable host. Well, I just want to throw this out to you. might help somebody. That 144,000 and that innumerable host is the same group. It's just looked at from a different perspective. God's just making a different point. And so that 144,000, uh, 12 tribes that he talks about, 12,000 of each tribe and makes the 144,000, that's a complete unit. Well, now, down here in, in verse 9, it speaks of it from a different direction, but the same group, complete unit. Listen to what it says down here. Down here in verse 9, chapter 7 in Revelation. Listen to this. After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, uh, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. Boy, God, give them a sign of victory, Linda. Uh, they had white robes on. I've heard people say this, and I'm not trying to be critical. I heard a man say, I'll be glad someday when I go get my white robe. Well, I, I'm glad already. I got my white robe on right now. I got my white robe on and I got my palm in my hand. I got victory. Oh, you say I can't see it there, preacher. I'm just illustrating. It's in my spiritual hand, in my soul. I'm telling you what, uh, like the Lord's moving today, when the Lord's moving, I feel like that hand is waving that palm branch. Praise God, praise God. Victory, victory, victory. Palms of victory. 
And so we read down here, uh, when they stood before the Lamb, boy, the Lamb of God, you know who that is. That's the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, clothed with white robes and palms in her hand. Listen to what they said. This is what we need to be saying, uh, folks. And listen to me. If you're here and you're not saved, if you're here and you're not saved, I, I, when I say here, I'm talking about just here with me, listening. If you're not saved, if you want to go to heaven, you've got to get clothed with your white robe and get you a palm branch in your hand. What's that mean? You've got to get saved. You've got to trust Jesus. This man that uh, come down off the Mount of Olives, and they were praising him, saying, Hosanna to the king. Uh, this man that was just in a few days going to the cross of Calvary, he died on that old cross. Uh, it wasn't an accident and he wasn't defeated. God sent him here and he come willing. He was willing as he could be. He died for a wretch like me. Uh, it almost my heart to think about uh, kind of a useless thing like me. Uh, but when God got a hold of me, he made me useful. It's not because of my goodness, but because of what he put in me. But because uh, he, Jesus come and died on the old cross and raised from the dead, and he lives. Because he lives, I'm alive also. And so if you're not saved, you need to get saved. Uh, Jesus died for you. John 3, 3, Jesus told Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say to thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. you got to get saved to experience what's going on right here. The scripture is talking about. I want to read over it again and you go with me. I want, I want you to follow the, the flow of the thought. And after this I beheld in law a great multitude which no man can number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues uh, stood before the throne and before the Lamb. You say, when's that going to happen, preacher? I'm telling you what, it's going on right now. Uh, I'm standing before the throne of God and of the Lamb. I already got my white robe. Praise God and I already got my palm branch of victory. But let's go on. And listen to what it says. Before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. Now, listen to what they cried here. They cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. Uh, boy, that's where salvation is. Uh, if you're saved and you really got it, you know where salvation is. And there's been times in my life, I uh, don't want to mislead you, uh, there was a time in my life as a young man, I got out of church and I got so cold and indifferent, I got to wonder, did I really get saved or did I just imagine it? Is that real? I got to thinking that. Boy, how sad that is to get in a spot like that. But I'll tell you what I did. Once I got real concerned, I got off just me and the Lord by myself. And I said, Lord, I'd like to know. I know you know, God, and I'd like to know. Lord, if you really saved me, let me know it. And so I prayed and I got real serious and I felt the Lord stir. He took my memory and my mind and my heart back to that little altar in that little block building on Alver Street. Huh? And I'd been down and prayed and hadn't got satisfied and I'd got up and was sitting on the morning's bench. I was so destitute and I was so sad and so lonely and blue. And in my heart I cried out to God. I said, oh God, if you don't save me, I'm a goner. And when I said that, Peace come in. I got my white robe and I got my uh, palm of victory. I got Jesus. I got saved. And so I'm not telling you that I've never doubted because I did. But when you're living for the Lord, I'm telling you what, you got something you know about. And even if you're questioning it, ask God because he can tell you. And so that's what they said. Uh, verse 10 again, they cried with a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God which sit upon the throne unto the Lamb. Now listen to this. 
It said, and all the angels stood around about the throne and about the four elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God. He's worthy of being worshiped, folks. Listen to what they said. Uh, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and, un- and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And I want you to get this. Boy, there's, uh, praise God, I appreciate uh, what I'm feeling today. I'm glad of salvation by the grace of God. I want you to get what went on here. They was crying out to God. Boy, I'm telling you what, this stirred John up. The revelation of Jesus Christ, it'll stir you up. It stirred John up. And so when John saw all this going on, uh, it was uh, like a vision to him. When John all saw all this going on, and one of the elders answered, verse 13, and one of the elders answered, saying unto me, uh, What are these? What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? The elder said, John, who are these people got the white robes on? Where'd they come from? Boy, I like the way John answered the elder. He said, I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. You know, tell me more about this. Sometimes when I read the scripture, if a question comes on my mind, I say, God, what's the answer to that? Listen to what the elder said to John. Boy, I'm glad. He said, thou knowest. And he said unto me, this is, this is what the elder said to John in answer to this. This is who we've been talking about. The elder said, these are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made, <laughs> and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. That's me, and if you're saved, that's you. We've come out of great tribulation. I know the world talks about tribulation. It's going to come after a while. In a natural sense, there's tribulation, and a lot of it going on in America today. But this is talking about the tribulation of the soul. Sin used to be in me. It had me tribulated. I was in trouble. I was lost and on the way to hell. But when Jesus come in, that was the end of my soul tribulation. My soul will never be in tribulation anymore. One of these days, I'm going to take my flight like a mighty eagle. I'm going like Lazarus did, and I'm going where he went, darling. And when I come to that point and I leave, if the world's still standing, you're still here. You might shed a tear or two because you love me, but don't worry about me because I'm going to a better country. So think about this. The elder said to John, uh, these are they that have come out of great tribulation and have their robes washed and made white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that abideth on the throne shall dwell among them. Boy, we got God among us. And somebody said, well, where's his throne? It's in the heart of God's children. It's in the heart of the grand old church. Boy, I'm telling you what, I feel heaven this morning. I'm glad of the palms of victory that God's given us. This is Palm Sunday, just a week before what we call Easter Sunday. I'm glad if you're here and you're lost, I'm going to have Linda come sing a song or two, whatever she feels like. But I, I want you to come. And I, I might softly try to make an invitation even while she sings. Uh, don't want to uh, keep you from hearing her songs. But uh, I, even if I'm not speaking, I'll be waving probably. Somebody needs to get saved this morning. And somebody needs to rededicate their life. And so if Linda would come. I'm going to turn over her and let her sing. Boy, I, I appreciate your prayers this morning. Please keep on praying. Stay right here with me. Please keep on praying.
Harry um, told me this morning he was probably going to preach on uh, palms, so um, he asked me if I could sing this song. I'll do my best. Help her, Lord, please. I saw a wayworn traveler in tattered garments clad while struggling up the mountain. It seemed that he was sad. His back was laid and heavy. His strength was almost gone. But he shouted as he journeyed, Deliverance will come. Then palms of victory, crowns of glory. Palms of victory, I shall wear. Come and pray. I saw him in the evening. The sun was bending low. Had overtopped the mountain and reached the veil below. While gazing toward that city, his everlasting home. He shouted loud, Hosannas, deliverance will come. Then palms of victory, crowns of glory, palms of victory, I shall wear. He saw the holy city, his everlasting home. A band of holy angels all gathered around God's throne. They bore him on their pinions, save for the dashing foam. And they shouted, Hallelujah! Deliverance has come, then palms of victory, crowns of glory, palms of victory, I shall wear. Amen. Amen. Boy, I appreciate that song, Palms of Victory. We've got palms of victory if we've got Jesus. Uh, I'm boy, my heart's heavy this morning. You know, if I died for somebody, I might rescue somebody if they were in a, in a, a bad spot. Maybe I could give my life and rescue them. That might be possible. I sure want to be willing to do that if I could, especially somebody I loved real good. <clears throat> but if I died, I couldn't help your soul at all. Only one that could ever help your soul was Jesus Christ. And he died, but praise God, he didn't stay dead. I'm telling you what, I'm glad that we're saved by grace through faith. And that's not of ourselves. Uh, It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And I thank the Lord Jesus Christ today for salvation. I thank him for this day. I thank him uh, for his mercies. And I, boy, I just, I can't put in words. I can't tell you how much I appreciate the Lord. Now, uh, if anybody else is able and are hooked up and want to sing, I'm glad for them too. Uh, I don't have anything on this little screen down here. It's gone black. they probably take care of it up there. But if any, any of them wants to sing, why, they're sure welcome. Let's pause just a minute.
Okay, just us. All right. Well, I appreciate those that sang before, and I just didn't know, so I just had to, had to question it. I wanted to give every liberty that I could. <clears throat> I'm telling you what, let's pray. God willing, tonight, <clears throat> Jonathan Hall will be preaching for us uh, in our revival, in our virtual revival. I want you to really, really pray for Jonathan. I think maybe him and his mom, maybe somebody else, don't know, my, maybe his wife, I don't know who all, but I think he's going to have some singers. I'll talk to him today and see. We might uh, might feel like getting somebody here too. And, but just really pray. Pray for revival tonight. And, and I think I told you, that, uh, as far as I feel like going with our part of the revival, but uh, Brother Israel Douglas, he said he felt like it's on his heart. He wants to start the revival uh, from Smyrna Missionary Baptist Church, virtual revival, just like we've been doing. And uh, Israel, he preached one night for us, and he did good. Everybody did good. But he wants to go on and so Monday night, the start of the revival that he's going to be hosting as pastor, he wants me to preach. And so uh, really pray and uh, pray for service.